Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Uh, let me tell you, we got a quite a response from Kevin Weeks' appearance again, brought to you weekly on Oilers Now. Kevin Weeks of the NHL Network and ESPN for a Canadian Power Pack. Uh, keep bringing uh, Kevin back. That text comes to us out of Edmonton. Others, maybe not agreeing, but uh, several people suggesting that he could run to be mayor, or better yet, premier of the province of Alberta. Our next guest has solicited that sort of response as well as we go off to the River Creek Resort Casino Hotline for Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Um, Kevin wants to see the business get rolling and get back up and at him and has nothing but empathy for the everybody that was involved in the world. Juniors, we're going to be joined by former Edmonton Oiler, uh, Edmonton area product played for the Canadian Athletic Club back in the day, willed himself to an NHL career, longtime Washington Capitals broadcaster, Alan May. Hi, Al. How you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I know we had a brief exchange yesterday. Uh, let's get to it. Your thoughts on the cancellation of the uh, World Junior Tournament? Well, I can't, I can't believe they canceled it. And I guess after, like, analyzing it more and seeing what the, the COVID protocol was for, I don't even know why they had the World Juniors and why, why they had fans in the first place. It's a huge loss of dollars for every country that came there, the city of Edmonton, all of the organizers, and, and the people in Red Deer. And it, it's a huge loss financially. And on the other side of it, if the rules were so sticky about anyone having COVID and the cancel it, there, there's no, in hindsight, there's no damn way they should have ever had the World Juniors. It's, it's a shame that they canceled it. They didn't wait a few days. Uh, from what I've read, I've only read that there were four positives. I don't know if that's true, if there were more, but it just seems like it was an irrational decision to have the World Juniors in the first place if those were the COVID protocols. Well, uh, yeah, there were five more today from five different teams. So one from each different team. And Kevin, obviously, you know, when everything was put in place, this was before we knew uh, the full extent and impact. And some might debate that on the Omicron uh, variant, uh, right? Because we still don't have all the information. Early reports are that maybe it's not going to be as severe of an illness, especially with everybody vaccinated. Um, I guess one of the things that rankles me a bit is I heard some dummies out there, some pundits go, oh, look at, you know, pointing the finger at Alberta when Edmonton was the city that hosted the NHL bubble in 2020, when it was a full-on bubble, and Edmonton hosted the World Junior bubble that I went to last year and stepped up and got the job done here in town, uh, which is a sign to me that it can be accomplished. But times have changed, and you know we're we're in a sort of a post-vaxxed world. We're no longer in a pre-vaxxed world, and yet you know we we're, and then we're testing. The other thing is, it's not just like people go, oh, "I feel sick, I'm going to go get tested." Everybody was getting tested for the World Juniors, just like right now, everybody's getting tested daily in the National Hockey League as well. 
and it's going to lend itself to more positive cases. And I guess that's what you're saying, is that the structure that they had put in place from a medical perspective had, you know, severely handcuffed the ability to pull this thing off. And I guess that's kind of where you're coming from, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, because the, the Edmonton did an incredible job. I, I can't speak for the World Juniors. I don't know if there were any COVID cases at all last year, but uh, what they were able to do at the National Hockey League to not have one positive result in Toronto and in Edmonton, and Edmonton obviously had the games a lot longer than Toronto did as they went went to the last rounds. But I just think that, you know, you know that was, you know, incredible circumstances that happened then where, where you know, for people to have so many outrageous thoughts on COVID, what it is and what it isn't, you know, it's only time is going to tell. And I've had friends that have had, even my ex-wife and my youngest son have had it twice now. My son never knew either time that he had COVID and my ex-wife has had a sore back for three to four days the first time and, and uh, some stuffed sinuses and the last time about three weeks ago it was a couple days of the, the bad back and you know she was extremely tired so you know everyone's different how it affects uh it, it's something that we're just we talk about every day we're all so tired of it but at the same time i've seen people be really sick from this uh, my cameraman right now uh couldn't show up to work yesterday and uh he said he's had the worst headache of his life the last 48 hours so yeah, it's it's tough sliding all the way around, but you know, with the rules that they put in place, there, there's no way because if people have been getting COVID, no matter what the variant is, are just out of the blue, nonstop, since this thing started, and we don't know how they get it, if they're you know who they're around, and it, it's now it seems like people aren't even around anyone and they're getting it. So it, it's uh, it, it's incredible right now what the world that we live in, and it's completely different. It's got so many people at odds. Everyone thinks everyone else is wrong and they're right about everything and i think only time will tell uh what the truth is about all of this we're watching the landscape change here in canada like the report came out from forbes allen that three of the seven uh, most valuable franchises in the national hockey league were the leafs the canadians and the Oilers, came in seventh at 1.1 billion and Elliot Friedman put out a tweet, uh, you know, Leafs 3.5 million per home game, Montreal and Edmonton around 2.3 million per home game. Well, that's if you have fans. There's no fans in Montreal. Uh, the reports, multiple reports out of Ontario today is that they're going to cap it at 1,000 fans per game. This is, uh, from a business perspective for the league, this is going to become very problematic, isn't it? Especially uh, when you look at the U.S. markets, and you have full buildings. There's, there's going to be competitive advantages for American teams in this situation. What's your take on that? Like, how do you, how do you find a way to come up with a solution there? Well, I don't. You know, with you have two two different national governments, and they have completely different guidelines that they're going by right now. Canada's a lot stiffer than the U.S. And they're not going to decrease it and tell the U.S. teams that they can't have fans in the different jurisdictions. It's, gonna, it's up to your local jurisdictions here. And, and Canada, uh, you know, I don't know if they over-rotated in Quebec. I don't know enough about how much COVID is going on there. But I know that, you know, the U.K. shut down uh, uh, 100%. South Africa never did. And, you know, it's already come and gone from there. But it, the, the landscape is that you just deal with it. And competitive advantages or not, you just deal with it. We saw the New York Islanders probably decimated by more than any team in the league with COVID, how many players it took out of their lineup before the league started, you know, gave them a pause. 
And now with the taxi squads, uh, I know the Washington Capitals, last night they had a pretty good roster in the game that they played, and it hasn't hit them too bad. And at the same time, they had a bunch of guys get it on the, the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. They're, by the rules down here, they're all eligible to play right now as long as they're symptom-free. So it's, we're just going to have to deal with, with, with the noise every day and deal with COVID. And you want and you, you hope and you pray that no one gets severely sick and nothing really bad happens where the panic really sets in. You see the amount of young athletes, young male athletes, it looks for the most part, around the world that are having uh, heart issues now with COVID and vaccination. So, you know, it's only time is going to tell what's right and what's wrong. But I, I think everyone knows that you have to make money to run your businesses. And it's not just the sports, it's the, the restaurants that I see shuttered daily. Uh, people are out of jobs. Unemployment in the United States doesn't pay enough to pay your bills. And, you know, I just I just honestly believe that, you know, we've got to find a way to get back to normalcy and keep the people safe at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. And it's tough. You know, it's, for me, it's tough to judge teams. I mean, we had a lot of listeners that are upset with the plight of the Edmonton Oilers. They started the year 9-1. and one, And since then, they've gone uh, 9 and 11. And... Uh, you know what? You're, you're sitting there in a scenario where at one point they had four of their top six defensemen out there, and El Nurse was out again last night. They really missed him against it. it. Does it become tough to evaluate and judge teams when you're pulling players in and out of COVID protocol? Not all the while, you're still dealing with injuries as well. Absolutely. Well, your key players to me are your, your defensemen and your goaltenders, and you've got to have those. I know that Edmonton's been rocked with the defenseman and that to me was the biggest problem with that team in past years was and, I, and i've said it on your show too many times that they had too many you know five six and seven defensemen all playing in the game at the same time and sometimes it seemed like they had five sixes playing at the same time and you, you have to have that core back there and it's tough to evaluate it's tough to evaluate coaching staffs but the biggest thing is you've just got a gold roll at the tide and and expect weird bizarre bad things, crisis every day, chaos with your roster and your lineup. The, you know, I, the team I cover, the Washington Capitals, have not, I think maybe two games in a row, they've had the same lineup due to injuries and COVID. And it, it, it's just amazing all of the things that's gone on here. Uh, Ten rookies have played for the Capitals this season. And I, I look at, you know, they've had 31 players dressed, 30 of them at bad points. They've just dealt with it. And, you know, it helps that Ovechkin and Kuznetsov, you know, Ovechkin's having just an, the best season of his career right now, points-wise, it looks like, uh, the way he's moving the puck, scoring goals. But for every team, I've seen it decimate Colorado for a little while, but then they got their legs back. Vegas, they decimated them for a while. They got their legs back. And I assume with the Oilers, uh, it, it's got them right now. It makes it tough to play the game when you don't have your defensive group back there and you're de so dependent on those top two forwards to score goals. But... You need to have you need to have most of your lineup in here to be able to win hockey games. And you know, you look at some of the teams out there, you're you're wondering how they compete. I've, I've seen what Nashville went through, and they pulled off a seven-game win streak with seven guys out of their lineup. And uh, it's you just got to deal with it. And I think your coaching staff can't push the panic button. Uh, you've got to make everyone feel that no matter who's in the lineup, you can win games, and everyone has a role. And you just can't be, I don't think you can just be top-heavy dependent. I saw too many years where Alexander Ovechkin, everyone goes down the bench and expected him and wanted him to score every goal. It's impossible. You need everyone pulling on this. And if you get a jersey, you got to play like you own it and belong in it and you want to keep it forever. 
We're joined by Al May. Al, two more questions for you. First question, on Ovechkin. I mean, look, the Oilers have McDavid and Drysettle. They're in their career primes. They're in that window, right? And it's, you know what? Connor's been a little quiet goal-scoring-wise of late. The team's been, you know, been staggered a bit because they've had so many young defensemen in. But they're still at 50 points each in 30 games. I mean, <laughs> they've kind of been doing that now for the last two or three years. What, you know, is it uh, the fountain of youth? Is that what's occurred here with Alexander Ovechkin? Because he's having a staggering season. Oh, yeah, it's been amazing. The opening night, I think, just got him off. You know, he, he's done an incredible job of cha changing and the way that he works out. But one of the things that it, it, you're going to laugh at this, and I, I know I've mentioned it before, but he's got two young sons now. They go to every single home practice. Uh, he is like when he's out there, those kids watch him every shift at all the home games. Uh, when he's on television, they, they know every second that he's on the ice. And he's taking the season way more seriously in every facet. Practices, he's way more engaged. He's right in front of the coach. He's asking more questions. You know, he's addicted to winning the cup. And, you know, he, he got the one taste of it. Uh, people said he didn't care, but we saw how much he cared. But I just think that he's dialed in 24 hours a day right now. He really, truly, honestly does want to break Wayne's record. And it'll be a record of longevity more than the greatness of, of what how Fast Gretz did it. And it's it just he wants that record. And he wants to win at the same time. And he holds players accountable on this team. He's got his leadership qualities have gotten better and better. And it, it all started with Barry Trotz. And, you know, have, having Nick Backstrom by his side, you know, as the backstop to him as well. They're there to support him all the time through everything that they're going through. He's holding and pushing all of these players that are in the lineup to another level, and he's delivering. So he's not – he's he's a guy, and I remember and we had some players here in the past that all they did was talk to the press, and they were press darlings, and they played bad night after night, and they were the first guys to point the finger. And I remember when, when it kind of came to a boiling point with Ovi, he said, you know what, some guys just come out there and all they do is talk, and they don't play. They just talk. They're here after the game. They're talking to you guys. They're talking to me before practice. They're talking to you during practice, but they're not showing up. He's making sure that he's showing up and he's delivering the goods after talking to his teammates. And he's setting an example. He's got great leadership. And I just think that he's so dialed in right now. He doesn't want to pass all this by. He knows how old he is. You know, that he's probably only going to play the rest of this contract. He's been lucky to be as healthy as he, he has been throughout his entire career. He's only missed like 42 games, and maybe about five of those were suspensions. So this guy's dialed in and wants it. Final question for Al May, longtime Capitals broadcaster, joining us on the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline. Al, the Oilers get New Jersey tomorrow, the Islanders on Saturday, and the Rangers on Monday night. Give me a, a 25 seconds on each of those three teams because you see them more than me. I think with New Jersey, they're prone to making mistakes. And Lindy Ruff always wants to play a fast game. But with a youthful team, you, you, you eat them up. You have to wait for them to make mistakes and make them pay. So you don't want to get in the track meet with them because they've got a lot of high-end skill. They've had a lot of first overall draft picks on that team as well. And they, they, they have a decent roster. It's just young. So you've got to wait for them to make mistakes. Now with the Rangers... You've got to kind of lock them down. You don't want to get in a track meet with them. They are super fast. They are incredibly fast. They move the puck very well. They can play physical at the same time. So the biggest thing is slow the game down, uh, load up at your blue line, and, and just hope that you can create opportunities for mistakes and score transition goals 
And I honestly believe that you make them play below the goal line in their own zone, create your offense from behind the net. Uh, that's one way to take advantage of them. And it's they're just highly competitive. And did you say Pittsburgh's the next game? Uh, no, the, we got the Islanders. We're, we're New Jersey, the uh, Islanders, the and then the Rangers. Yeah, the Islanders, I think their defensemen are slow. They're bigger. Make them play in their own zone. But they're one of those teams that all they do is they just sit back, they sit back, they sit back. But if you make them play below the goal line in their own zone, they get tired. The defensemen are, are tend to be on the slow side to me. So I think they fatigue and they start to make mistakes. And you can eat them up by playing most of the game in their end. Al, love having you on the show. Thanks again uh, for your time. Happy New Year. And we'll touch base uh, in 2022. Yeah, Happy New Year to you and everyone out there. Thank you. You bet. 150 in Edmonton will wrap up Oilers now. It's a pretty famous This Day in Oilers history when we return. 152 in Edmonton, Carscoss Les and Wetaskiwin. You already know that. Did you know that Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are 10 times President Award winners for customer satisfaction? What does it mean? It means treating people fairly, fully transparent negotiations and making sure advertised prices include all accessories, fees, and taxes with the exception of GST. If those attributes are important to you, phone our friends Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny and the gang at one 877-477-3673 or visit BrentRidge.com. That's Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin. We'll tell you the best pizza in the city still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. 15 Edmonton and area locations. You can go online at royalpizza.ca or download from the Royal Pizza app on the App Store where the stock for recommendation is the Mediterranean Chicken. As we head into the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown, injury lawyers, unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. It's this simple. They're the best. Returning to practice today in Edmonton, or sorry, for Edmonton, out in New Jersey, where the Oilers will take on the Devils tomorrow. Darnell Nurse, uh, along with William Lagason and... Yessa Poliarvi, the Bison King. As we go into this day in Oilers history for New West Travel, looking for a great Oilers road trip, a reminder, in April, you can fly nonstop to Nashville. With Flair Airlines, watch the Oilers play for only $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. And back at the 630 Chad Studios is Cody Jansen. Pretty big day back in 1981. Wayne Gretzky scored five goals against Philly to hit the magical 50-goal mark in just 39 games. That's this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Looking for a great road trip? Fly nonstop to Nashville with Flair Airlines to see the Oilers play for only $1,750. Call New West Travel or go online at newwesttravel.com. Do you want to mention, uh, you know, we talked about a lot of different things today. The team's going to have to continue to work uh, to improve. We'll see what they look like with Darnell Nurse tomorrow against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, you know what? Tough situation on the World Junior front. I didn't like some of the Alberta bashing that was taking place. And I know we have some, not a lot, but some listeners that like to bash Albertans. Uh, it's funny. Even the most successful Albertans I met have always appreciated the province they're in. And frankly, a little bit of the luck that's come with it to make them the sort of successes they are. I've never been lost to me that that's been my experience dealing with some of those people over the years. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight from 6 to 8 p.m. We got the game tomorrow. It'll be Cam Moon, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins uh, with the face-off show tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. Puck drop, 11 o'clock. Uh, Jack Michaels, Louie, and myself have it on the NHL Hockey on Rogers side. Thank you again uh, for listening. Up next, a global news, weather, traffic update with Island. 
Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with guest host Henley today from 3 to 6. So long, everybody, and I'll talk to you again with Oilers Now in the new year. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad.